Well, good morning, everybody, on this beautifully sunny, if not slightly chilly, uh, Sunday morning. For those of you at home feeling nice and cosy and smug, that <laughs> you're lovely and warm, uh, you are also very welcome too. And this on our first Sunday in Advent. Can you believe it? Right, well, well, throughout this service, we will be thinking on the idea and theme of light. God said, let there be light. And there was light. In Psalm 36, David revels in the wonder of God. Your love, he says, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains, your justice like the great deep. You, Lord, preserve both people and animals. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast in the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Let's stand and sing a couple of our own songs of praise, wonder and worship. The first of these is the light of the morning.
Do be seated. And uh, let's pray. Father God, we are amazed at you. We are amazed by all you have done. We're in awe of the love you have shown us by stepping into history as a baby. We are in awe that you sent your son so that we might know you. We are so grateful. We praise you. We love you. In the name of he who has brought light to this world, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to read to you now just a short little excerpt from one of my favourite passages, I have to admit. Um, it's just a short little bit from John's Gospel, chapter 1. And uh, much as I'd like to start from the beginning, I'm going to start at verse 6. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Before we light our Advent candle, beautifully arranged for us by Sheila Stevens, thank you, Sheila, um, we shall um, sing again. And uh, an Advent theme continued, uh, a song that looks forward to that day when Christ shall come again. There is a higher throne. Shall we stand? Oh, glory, we will. 
seated. And so we come to the lighting of the first of the Advent candles. And can I invite you to say the words that should appear in bold, I hope. Let your light shine. Let your spirit soar. Throw open your mind. Hand over your heart. Here it comes. Love. It shines in the darkness. It sings in the shadows. It will not cower and cannot be contained. It was the hope of the saints, the call of the prophets. It was the fire in the belly of the Baptist and the courage of Mother Mary. Lamp in the window, beacon on the hill, star in the night sky, love you lead us home. On this first Sunday of Advent, we light a candle for God's light shining in our hearts. Let's continue in our worship as we sing even more. You know I love singing, I'm sorry, but it's, it's just got to be done. Now that we can, we must take advantage. Let's sing our next two songs um, that remind us that God is the dawn of our salvation, that we have hope that burns like a light, and there will be a time when there is no more darkness, only the light of a new creation made by the Lord of heaven and earth. Let's stand to sing Glorious Light.
Do be seated. That song reminds us that uh, great is the darkness that covers the earth. Just in this last week, we've been reminded in various ways of that darkness. So let's come now together in prayer for the world. Let's pray. Lord, so much in this world is tainted and torn, damaged and dark. And the darkness can feel overwhelming. But you are the God of light. And so we name those situations knowing that you love us and that you listen. Lord, we bring before you those impacted by Storm Arwen, the families of those who have tragically lost loved ones. And the hundreds of thousands across the country have lost power. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Lord, I want to bring before you the families, the family of the 12-year-old Ava White, and the families of those three boys, aged between 13 and 15, who'd been arrested for her fatal stabbing. Father, we can't possibly imagine what they're going through, the bewilderment, the loss. Be with them, Lord. Reach into the heart of those boys with your love and light. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray too for the concerning news of the new variant of COVID-19. We pray for those already affected by it firsthand. We pray for the medical researchers, grant them perseverance and insight. We pray for world leaders to have wisdom as they decide what to do and clarity and compassion as they communicate that with their nations. And also, Lord, we pray for those in the front line of medicine who are already stretched and under enormous pressure. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And Lord, now in the silence, we want to name in our hearts those situations that feel dark. Ones that may be just known to us personally or ones that we've seen on the news that have impacted us. We pray for them now, Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So, we've heard from John's Gospel about Christ as our light coming into the world. And now we shall hear from Matthew about how we also must be a light to others. So, Matthew 5, starting at verse 14. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Because I'm um, old school when it comes to uh, a message, uh, our message for this morning is in three parts. And to aid the memory, 
so that it can be recalled beyond the five minutes just beyond these doors. Um, uh, the three parts are combined to make one word, which I hope will make it easier to recall, as I say. The uh, word is oh, lit. Well, you can't see the eye because of the lovely flame. Lit. So, we turn to our first letter in lit, and it's longing. Oh, didn't mean to do that. Let's go back. Longing. We long for all sorts of things, don't we? We long for things to be over. Goodness knows we have with this pandemic. We long for that day in the week to be over, perhaps, because things will be so much easier once that day is done. And uh, it'll be, yes, yeah, so much the better. Maybe we long for good things, too. Um, when family can be all together and in a celebration, and we look forward to those. Or maybe excitedly looking forward to the, uh, the, the birth of a new baby. Or it could be a longing for a loved one. Romeo is the, the classic one for uh, longing for his great love, Juliet. And he uh, pronounces this in a whole variety of ways. I have just one here. He says, see how she leans her cheek upon her hand. Oh, that I were a glove upon that hand, that I might touch that cheek. Gosh. Anyway, longing can, and it certainly proved for those two, to be an all-consuming thing in our lives. David, King David, longed for, da uh, for, for God. In Psalm 42, he famously describes this longing as a deer longs for flowing streams. So my soul longs for you. We can be longing for a new dawn, such as the one pictured after the darkness of night. The prophets of the Old Testament, time and time again, look forward to the moment in their people's history when God will act by sending a Messiah, one who will save. They longed for the arrival of the one who would come and save them. They longed for the one who would come and restore them. In Jeremiah 23, we read, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteous saviour. And in the Gospel of John, it's the description of the Messiah more than 600 years after Jeremiah is that wonderful opening to his Gospel. He calls the Messiah the true light. All the prophets that had come before, Elijah, Hosea, um, Isaiah, to name but just a few, had been pointing to this moment. Like John the Baptist they pointed to Jesus. They are witnesses to the light. They know what he is to be like, a king, and they know what he is to do, serve, and in so doing, establish an everlasting kingdom. The longing for the dark night is over when the light of Jesus Christ is born into the, this world. No wonder Simeon is excited when he sees Jesus being presented in the temple. After all this longing, after all this waiting, the Messiah is here. We read in Luke chapter 2, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Well, as we know, Advent isn't simply a countdown to Christmas, a recollection of the prophet's longing fulfilled in the nativity, or even in the, the longing for all those traditions that we might have as a family at Christmas time. It's a time when we can reflect on and look forward to Christ coming again 
our own longing for a different time. Earlier we sang, there is a higher throne than all this world has known, where faithful ones from every tongue will one day come. Before the Lord, before the Son will stand, made faultless through the Lamb, he'll wipe each tear-stained eye as thirst and hunger die. We'll reign with him. Oh my days, isn't that, isn't that just so exciting? Um, I often am um, up, up early. Those of you who know me, I'm up early. And one of my favourite sounds is the dawn chorus. I love it. It's beautiful. And, and as, uh, as I hear it, it, it makes me think of those words. Um, you know, this is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. And I feel as though like the, the, um, the, 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 the birds are singing their rejoicing. And it makes me feel as though that's just a tiny, tiny little fraction of a glimpse into the window of when Christ comes again. The rejoicing of that new creation, all creation, not just the birds that I enjoy so much, the whole of creation will join in a chorus of this is the day, this is the, the new heaven and the new earth that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice everlastingly and be glad in it. It's just so exciting. It's worth praying for. There'll be a day when all of the rubbish is just wiped away and we may see and be with God in glory. Now I say that is worth longing for. So we can long for the light. We also know that light illuminates. I've done it again. <laughs> I get too enthusiastic with that thing. Have you ever tried to uh, walk in darkness? I, I have um, a bizarre but quite strong memory of helping my mum at the end of a girls' brigade evening particularly during the winter, with the, the locking up at the end. This was when we were in the old Brighton Road church. And I can't remember why, but for some reason, I did the whole thing in the dark, regularly, not just as a one-off. And it was walking the, the whole length of the church. I think the keys were kept in a, on a hook near the, in the vestibule, near the front of the church. So I would walk to get the key, massive great big jailer's keys, pick those up and then bring them down and I'd have to navigate the whole thing in, down a, a, sloping, it's a sloping aisle and then somewhere around by the organ there was a step and then you would go through a door but you had a step to get through that door and then you would go down this little passageway and there was more steps that would take you down to the back out of the, the door at the back of the, of the church. And I, I have no idea. Why did I do all of that in the dark? I have no idea. Um, well, it's because light would have illuminated all of those obstacles. So it wouldn't have removed them, but of course, uh, but I would have been, been able to better deal with them. Sometimes, I think we can try to live without the, life, without the light of Christ. We try to do things in our own strength, I don't know, deal with work or family or church, um, live the Christian life, but still trying to do things independently. It strikes me that it's a bit like me locking the church up in the dark or, or taking a, a light, as we read earlier in that Matthew passage, and then just putting it under a bowl. I mean, why? Why would you do that? Now, just as I had access to a switch, which would have made a ridiculous difference to the whole situation, so too do we have access to Christ, the light of life. Why would we not want more of that in our lives? Why would we not want to, that to be an experience for other people? The Matthew passage points out the ridiculousness of having such wonderful news about knowing Jesus and then just keeping it all to yourself. It's as dark as having a light and putting it under a bowl. I mean, really. Jesus is certainly challenging us here. I mean, why? Why would we do this? 
Light doesn't simply illuminate some parts, but highlights everything it touches. Light is illuminating of both the good and the bad. If it's in the light, the imperfections become obvious, and that's rather uncomfortable. If we're honest, sometimes we try to present to others, and more importantly to God, only the good, the shiny, and uh, keep hidden away the not-so-good, the less palatable aspects of our nature. Who are we trying to kid? The omniscience of God is such that our trying to fool him that we're okay and that there's nothing that we're ashamed of or need to confess is rather like the equivalent of the child saying that they've not had any of the cake when they've got chocolate all over their face. Christ lights, illuminates everything. Nothing can be hidden from him. All those dark corners of our lives can be seen by him, but they, they can hold us back from having a great relationship with him. I encourage you to spend time with God this week. Let him deal with those dark corners so that you can step with him into light. So we can be longing for light, find light illuminating, and finally, light I'm going to do this right this time. It's transforming. In John, we read, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Jesus coming into this world gave light to everyone. It changed everything. Not least our calendar, BC to AD, Time itself hinges on this point. It changed everything. So many of those that Jesus met were transformed. Their lives have been full of darkness. And he brought life and light to them. Zacchaeus, for example, that money-grabbing, swindling chap who became, once he'd met with Jesus, the epitome of generosity and of course, we have Paul, the example of Paul, a man bent upon cruelty, uh, cruel persecution of those that knew Jesus, but then being utterly transformed following his encounter with him on the road to Damascus. And then being willing to commit his whole life to him, even if it meant persecution, shipwreck, endless traveling and incarceration. Paul himself wrote about the transforming work of Christ to the Corinthians. In his second letter, where in chapter 5, verse 17, we read, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. The light of Christ transforms. If you know Christ as your saviour, then you know something of this. He may not have transformed you with a blinding light as he did with Paul, although he may have done, but God is still in the business of transforming you. Let God continue to work in your life so that in you God may be seen by those that don't yet know him. We're to reflect this transforming power in our lives. Now, as some of you know, um, we have a dog now, and I get the, uh, the morning shift of the dog walk, because as I said, I'm the one who's up early anyway. As, and that, as, of course, means that I invariably am walking in darkness. <laughs> I do take a torch, but do you know what I really enjoy? I rarely use it, because I, I really enjoy walking by moonlight. It's just a weird thing, but I do. I, I just, I find it quite magical, and, and I just enjoy just being amazed at the power of the, the light of the moon. It's nearly, I looked it up, 240,000 miles away. I apologise, astronomers, if I've got that wrong. It's, it's such a distance, and yet its light uh, enables me to see where I'm going. I find that astounding. And yet, it's only reflected light. It has no power of its own. It acts as a mirror for the sun the true source and the originator of the light. In the same way, we are to show the light of Christ. We ourselves are not the source. Just as John served as a witness 
to the light of Jesus. This is to be our role also. We are to give light to everyone in the house, it said in Matthew. Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Others may be transformed when they're able to see the light of Christ in you. So, we long for light. Light illuminates. And it is transforming. My uh, students use a variety of slang words, as you can imagine. Uh, some of which I find utterly baffling. They make absolutely no sense whatsoever. But uh, there is one that today is rather appropriate. They'll describe something as lit. They'll say, oh, wow, that's lit. <laughs> oh, miss, that's well lit. <laughs> something along those lines, anyway. It actually means exciting or excellent. And it, I have to say, I'm inclined to agree. So, let us stand to sing. Christ is the world's true light. New life, new hope awakes wherever men on own his sway. Freedom, her bondage breaks, and night is turned to day. Let's stand to sing. seated just for a moment because um, Deborah would like to come and just say a few words about the uh, forthcoming Christingle service. You'll be aware that um, we're celebrating Christingle on the 19th of December and as part of that service we'll be supporting the work of the Children's Society um, and you may or may not know very much about the Children's Society uh, but they work, um, they recognise that the longing that many children and young people um, in our society have, those who are vulnerable, and they long for a better life. And the Children's Society works to bring illumination into the lives of those children um, and young people, that their lives might be transformed. Um, see what I did there? Well yeah, I was listening. Because yeah, I didn't know she was going to say that. Um, so I would like to encourage you, if you would like to support the work of the Children's Society, they have 
very kindly provided us with some candle-shaped boxes, uh, which are just the right size for all that loose change that you've got lying around your house and don't know what to do with. Now nobody else, nobody, no shop will <laughs> accept it. So we will accept it from you. So if you'd like to take a box, if you want the challenge of the flat pack, you can take it and a flat form that will just fit into your pocket and spend many hours this afternoon trying to put it together. Um, they do stand up, but they stand up much better if they've got some weight in the bottom <laughs> of them. Um, so if you'd like to, if you're able to, can I encourage you please to take one away with you and fill it up over the coming weeks and then bring it back to our Chris Dingle service on the 19th of December when we will be all together as a whole church family at 10.30. So please do take one. Thank you. And so, to close, I'd like to pronounce a blessing upon us all. May God bless us as we go from this place. As we go forth, may the spark of knowing Jesus be fanned into flame. As we go forth, may the ray of Christ's light bring hope to those in need of help in both body and spirit. And as we go forth, may God's glorious light shine through us so that all may see his glory. Amen. Thank you.